0: Hey everybody, welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and every week we love sharing our stories and our experiences in an effort to turn around and say to someone who's behind us, hey, you're not so alone. You're not the only one walking through what you're walking through. You you haven't been the only one. And so if we can use our experiences to offer some insight and maybe some next steps on their journey, then maybe they feel a little less isolated, right? A little less like, how is it that no one told me that this feels like this? Except this episode is a little different. I feel like I really have to give you this disclaimer because this is a little more practical. All right. So it's not so much story driven, although there is some story in it. But this more is um, a, a topical conversation about calling, because that's a conversation that I'm having a lot, especially in the last probably one to two years, I've somehow shifted. <laughs> and Maybe you know what this feels like when you hit the age where you're not the one that's asking the questions anymore. You're the one that people are asking questions of. Does that make sense? Like I'm still, believe me, I still have a lot of questions. Like I've not figured all of it out. I have lots of questions, but now I'm also answering questions on behalf of those who are coming behind me and I'm like wait I don't feel old enough nor equipped enough to answer these questions so all I can do is share what I've learned and what I know is that the end of the year feels like the perfect time for this conversation because there's something about the end of the year that makes you look back or makes me look back and look for some tangible evidence that I've made this year worth it do you know what I mean Maybe it is just me, but I want to know if like I've hit goals that I honestly didn't even set. And maybe it's like the pressure of everyone else being like, I hit this goal or I did this this year or whatever it might be. And I'm more of a set intentions kind of gal because numerical or measurable personal goals, they just kind of send me into a downward spiral of you could have done better. And that's real hard to work my way out of. Even if, you know, I hit the goal, I'm like, maybe I should have set a higher one. You know, maybe I underestimated myself. I should have done more. Anywho, my like quirks, whatever they are, are not what we're here for. No, we're going to go a bit deeper here because in my 2022 intention to spend more time with people instead of on tasks, here's what many of my conversations have orbited around that one word calling. Gosh, we toss that word around a lot, right? Like I could be grabbing my go-to McAllister's chicken salad sandwich with anyone ages 20 to 40. And I feel like our conversation somehow makes it back to, if I knew exactly what God wanted me to be doing, these decisions about my relationships, family, job, next move, fill in the blank would be a whole lot easier. We feel so much pressure around this word, around purpose and knowing what we're supposed to be doing, because at the root, we're kind of afraid we're missing it. We're afraid of getting it wrong. Afraid the life that we imagined, hoped for, prayed for, wouldn't turn out to plan. And somehow it will be our fault because we misinterpreted the calling. I just did air quotations around the word calling and there was no one here to see it. But I felt like I should should tell you that I did that. But I personally have wrestled a lot with this too. So I get it. I mean, I really do. Because... The question gets bigger as you get older and as you continue growing, if you don't do the work early on in healing a perspective that's built by a world that says you should have more influence than you have, you should be further along than you are, you should know what you have, no idea how to know, right? It's, it's this perception, right or wrong, that is slowly built over time that leaves us in this position of, wait, what if I'm still not sure? What if it's changed? And I really don't know what it is now. And the biggest lesson that I've learned just recently is that calling is not meant to be chased. All right? If we're chasing it, we're overcomplicating it. If we're chasing it, we're living out of a space God never asked us to walk into in the first place. So to keep from chasing it, here are a few lessons that I'm currently learning that I hope might help you too. Okay. First calling is more closely tied to being than doing. All right. I know this is something that you'll see on like a sign at Home Goods that you can buy and come home, put it in your bathroom. But the the truth of it, like the reality of it is what I've learned probably over the past year or two, that maybe this calling we're trying to understand isn't just about what we're meant to be doing. Okay, take a quick journey with me just all the way back to the beginning right? Genesis, God created people in his image, right? And then he named them human beings. So in this order, let's get it right. Let's pay attention. Gosh, I felt like a teacher there. I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm telling myself to to pay attention. (laughs) So it happened in this order, created by him in his image. And then our true calling revealed being with God, right? He created people in his image, and then he named them human beings right? His image being with him. So we know from Genesis that he creates nothing without a purpose in mind. Everything listed in Genesis that he created had a purpose, but there is process to walking toward the purpose. It's not just a one, one day it hits you out of the blue and you're like, oh yes, this is it. It's a process. And I just, I read this just last week If there's no being behind our doing, it becomes incredibly shallow. It loses the impact God desires for us to have in the world. So we crave a calling because we want to know what we should do. When God is gently trying to explain, first, understand who I want you to be in me, right? It doesn't start with us, with our wants, desires, our guesses at what it might be. It starts with him. So the value that we bring to the table, it's not tied to a title or clearly defined direction. Who you are is not in what you're called to do. Your value, your worth is in being what God originally at the very beginning created you to be, which is his image bearer. So knowing that, how do we apply it to our perspective, right? Remember we said that we have this perspective ingrained and it's got to shift. It's got to change. So how does knowing that, that we were originally designed, our purpose, our calling is to be his image bearer. So instead of asking God, what can I do for you today? Let's ask God, how can I be with you today? If I'm an image bearer, what decisions make me most like you today? So notice how I keep throwing in the word today. Because for me, at least, this is for sure an every single stinking day prayer that I have to pray. You know, I think I've got it down. Like give me a few good days in a row where I'm like, yes, being, love it, doing it, going great. Just a few of those days and I'm like, I'm good. And then, you know, I stop praying that prayer. And I'm out here getting mad because I feel chaotic because I'm saying yes to anything that comes along, hoping that it'll fill a hole only filled by being with our creator. And then I'm just cranky, right? And no amount of Christmas true cakes can really backtrack the crankiness. And it's a cycle and we got to work our way back out of it all over again. So to move toward your calling, you first have to move toward your creator. Being with him leads to what he's asking you to do for him as his image bearer. So when I was 22, I was offered a full-time ministry position, okay? I'd already been interning since I was 18, and then when I turned 22, I get offered this full-time job. And instinctually, I thought, well, this isn't what I was going after, right? I was out here trying to be the next Diane Sawyer on Good Morning America. And then I realized news is just mostly very sad. So I shifted that goal to being a talk show host, like, you know, the deepness of Oprah and the fun of Ellen. What a combo. Okay. But that's really what I was working toward. And I had no idea what I should do because I had spent four years taking classes in a major with a specific end point in mind. And it was a ministry. So I did what I always do when I'm unsure. I read scripture. And I was in a passage that taught about the building of the next generation and about who God would send and how God would reach them. And Jesus, louise, if I didn't have the deepest ache to be a part of that plan, I wanted it. And wouldn't you know it, this full time job wouldn't be with the college team reaching the next generation going after the next generation of leaders. So my doing, as in what my decision should be, flowed out of my being with him right? That's where the clarity was. That's when it seemed so obvious. Okay, so how do you figure out what it can even look like? Uh, Frederick Bachner. this was another quote, which I hope I said his name right. Um, (laughs) This was another um, passage that I read in an article a few weeks ago. And he said that the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And so I wonder what would it look like is if when you're with God, if you just tell him, hey God, this is what brings me so much joy. It fills my cup to just the very top. And this is what brings a deep ache. This is what I want to move toward on on your behalf and on behalf of the good of others. Will will you show me how these two things match up? Will you show me how these can come together? Because chances are really good what brings you deep joy and what brings you a deep ache are tied to the gifting that he has specifically crafted in you. Okay, so let's say we're really leaning into this whole being with God stage, right? But our minds are still spinning with all the options and opportunities and desires of what we hope to maybe one day do. And it feels chaotic, feels a little crazy. All right. Can I point you to Exodus? We're in Genesis. We're gonna move on. We're gonna fast forward. We're gonna to go to Exodus real quick to those dadgum Israelites. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, listen, I feel for them because I now like have a better understanding of them. But I'm still like, y'all, y'all crazy out there in the wilderness, right? But I'm but then I look at me and I'm like, I'm a little crazy when I'm in the wilderness. But let's think about it. They're running for it right, in Exodus, they're escaping Egypt and the tyranny of Pharaoh. They're seeing miraculous signs from God that got them out of slavery, freed them, and they run right to the Red Sea, okay? It's a big old mess of water right ahead of them, and they really ticked off Pharaoh and his army coming behind them. So I would imagine things got a little bit chaotic, right? I mean, they're yelling at Moses, essentially calling him a murderer as they ask him why he brought them all the way out here to just die, And then you have Moses, he's praying, and he's asking God to give him some idea what's supposed to happen next. And I love God's response to Moses in Exodus 14, 15. Oh, it's so good. He says, hey, why are you crying to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Essentially, God's pointing to his promise. He's like, what? Why are you crying now? Why are you worried now? Look what I've already done. Go forward. He's asking for faithfulness, for obedience, for steadiness, even in the chaos. Because you know what he's really good at? Taking these raw materials, our faithfulness, our obedience, and steadfastness, and creating purpose and direction out of those. And we can still go forward with what we do know right? Tiny steps of faithfulness with what we already have to be faithful with. Just because the direction of your calling is not under your control does not mean it's out of control. The lack of control in the when, where, and how department of calling is what drives us to chase whatever was never meant to be chased. This calling on your life, it's ordained. It's pre-written in the book of life back when he was creating you in his image. Check out Psalm 139. It's exactly what he says. The anxiety or worry that's tied to our calling is often rooted in the lie that you have to grab onto it with all your worth or it could bypass you. Like you can lose it. I get that. I, oh my gosh, do I get that. One of my biggest fears with every big decision is that I'll get it wrong. And I'll waste my life because I wasn't clear enough on what God was asking of me. But here's the thing. I had a friend say this to me. He's not playing hide and seek with his will for you. All right. This isn't some big cosmic game of gotcha. Okay. It's in our everyday doing, doing what's right in front of us, what we know to do in this moment in front of us, a series of faith filled, small decisions, even in our most mundane moments, That is where God brings clarity to our calling. A lot of times what I feel so called and drawn to now in hindsight is really obvious in what I was doing on the most mundane and boring days. The stuff that felt kind of redundant or the stuff that felt like, well, of course I'm going to do this. It was equipping and fulfilling a calling that I didn't understand yet. And so today, right where you are with your spouse, family, roommates, coworkers, neighborhood, community, church, your calling is what your everyday is made up of intentional conversations, thoughtful encouragement, genuine prayer, steady hands at work, not for your glory, but for His. Your calling is not a someday kind of concept. It's right now with who you're already placed with, doing what's laid out for you to do. The focus has to be on faithfulness, obedience, and steadiness, where Jesus has you until he makes it clear through your people, your situation, or your heart's desires that he's moving you somewhere else. And I promise you, he will make it clear over time. Because our callings are always a process, rarely a destination. And just one last thing that I learned through a whole lot of pain that I hope you'll gr- grab onto way sooner than I did. Your vocation, your job is not your calling. Now, can you fulfill a calling through a vocation? Absolutely. But if we begin to think of our vocation as the calling, we make an idol out of the job, right? we think, well, of course, I'm supposed to be doing this the way that I'm doing it, because it's my calling, calling shift and change and adjust. And the how of them changes the most. Right? Okay, but we're going to get practical just here at the end for a second, because some of you are like, okay, this is good advice. But I want like, I kind of want to start zeroing in a little bit. And I get that, you know, in my mid 20s, I started crafting some words that could go with what I felt really passionate about because at that point, I didn't really know I was working through words for my calling. I just really wanted to settle into a steady long term direction. Okay, so remember our calling, everyone kind of has the same one We're we're created to be image bearers, right? Like, that is in Genesis what he creates us to be. And if that's what we are image bearers, that are with him, that focus on being with him. It's the how that we kind of want to figure out, right? Like how are we going to be an image bearer right now in this moment in our lives and with whoever he's placed us with. And so I really wanted to settle in on that steady long-term direction of the how. So I started praying through it and digging into scripture and writing out what I love to do. And so I wrote that I loved people I loved watching people get to know Jesus in surprising and deeper ways. I loved helping people, um, other people to create spaces for others to feel like they belonged. Spaces they wanted to come back to. And I loved hosting these spaces, inviting people into them and reminding them how wanted they were. And I ate, on the flip side... When people were living with a hole or in loneliness or hopelessness, when, when I knew real hope, right? When, when I knew that and I knew the answer to, to their questions was Jesus and they, they didn't know it. And so all of that became a calling for me. And here's the words I put with it. I build spaces for people to hear about Jesus. It's really simple. Right, I'm not always in charge of those spaces. I'm not always the point person of those spaces, but I love to be on teams. I love to partner with people to build spaces for people to hear about Jesus. Now, the how of this has shifted in a lot of ways over the years but every opportunity that comes my way goes through this filter. Will I be building a space either online or in person, via a podcast or marketing or writing? Will I be helping to build a space that leads people a step closer to the Jesus that I know and love so much? If not, it's kind of an easy no. So for you, what brings you deep joy? And what brings you deep pain on behalf of others? Start listing what you love to do and what weighs heavily on you on behalf of others. And then take it to the throne, lay it out and ask for a God given filter to run everything through. And this, you can do this at any age. Like I'm still doing this. Like God, I know, I feel like I know pretty specifically what you're, what you're asking of me, but I still get tempted by other opportunities. Right? Right even in my thirties. So it's a constant reorienting. It's a constant reevaluating. And I just want my daily prayer to be, and maybe it can be yours too. This is how I have to start and honestly finish. (laughs) Today, Jesus, in every moment, what decision will make me look most like you? Every hard decision I've had in the past two to three years, that's the question I've asked. When I peel back all the layers, when all I want to know is, Jesus, what do you want? Not what do, what does this person want or this person or what will people think if I do this or don't do this? Jesus, in my every moment, what decision will make me look more like you? Because we're called to be image bearers. So what makes me look like you? And that, my friends, is the root of every calling.